Hey everyone, Pastor John here, and I'm excited to share with you again today with my friends Arthur and Pat, who also have been joining us in our Start to Follow class on Sunday mornings. And we're going through this booklet here, Start to Follow, and we're just talking about the basic doctrines of the Christian faith and and what it looks like in practical application in our own lives. And so uh, this podcast is very uh, spontaneous, very informal, hopefully very relatable as we just share uh, some of the things that uh, we have learned over the years about what it means to follow Jesus and uh, to do so in this uh, greater community of our church family here at Calvary Chapel. And so we're really glad that you've tuned in and you're joining us. And um, we're excited about today's uh, subject because we get to talk about something that we all are very passionate about, of course, and that is the Word of God and the place that that has in our lives. And uh, one of the things that um, I think sometimes people mistakenly believe as they become a Christian is they've got to all of a sudden have all these answers, mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, and become sort of like the Bible answer man or a uh, Bible scholar. And one of the things I love to tell people is, listen, if, um, if you've become a Christian, the Bible says you're born again. And one thing we know for sure about babies is they come into this world hungry. Yep. And so part of how you know you've really been uh, born again is is you have a spiritual appetite. And it's normal to have questions. That's part of a spiritual appetite. Right. That indicates that you're hungry. And so um, I'm, I'm just excited to talk about the uh, that that idea. And I'm curious just maybe uh, if either of you could share some introductory thoughts about that, because I see you kind of nodding and relating and, and um, surely I know that both of you have a spiritual appetite as well. So Pat, I'm going to let you go first. What are your thoughts about being a hungry baby? Being a hungry baby. So I remember (laughs) when I was a hungry baby, I first started, when I came to know the Lord and it was kind of overwhelming for me because I remember praying to the Lord and asking me, can you just hit me upside the head with a baseball bat and tell me everything I need to know right now? Yeah. Uh, but that's not how he works. Yeah. He's Thankfully. much more gracious. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I just desired so much more mm-hmm. to know the Lord. And I remember when I was 12 was when I first had a taste of who, who is Jesus and wanting to know. So it started back then, but I didn't get saved until I was in my Mm twenties. And that's when the hunger really began. Yeah. You know, you're making me think of that, that, um, verse in first Peter, first Peter two, two. And it goes like this as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Mm. And, and so I've always loved that verse. Uh, it's, it's, uh, part of the normal Christian life to, um, to desire the word of God yeah. and, and it is like our milk, but it's also like our meat. I mean, we, totally. as we grow yeah. Yeah. and we get mature, you, you start to be able to kind of chew on it as well. Exactly. So what are your thoughts about that, Arthur? I, you know, it, it's interesting. I, uh, my wife and I, you know, talk about different, you know, theological themes and stuff and we kind of play off each other, but I was really thinking about the word, um, a couple weeks ago and just that, it, it's interesting when we can, you know, we, you know, we love, you know, reading the Bible, all that stuff. But if you think about it, if if we believe in in God, the Creator of the universe, and which we do, mm-hmm. and we also believe that the Bible is the Word of God, then True. that means that this Bible is literally written from it's it's our our written word from our Creator, from the Creator of the universe. Like, if 
I feel like a lot of people, if they really lived in that, I mean, how, how could you not read this thing? Mm. You know what I mean? How could you not want to, to read what the creator is, is saying? You know what I mean? So it, sure. it, it's uh, my, my appetite, you know, I think it, it ebbs and flows um, throughout my life, but really just from, man, from a young age, you, you go through Sunday school and you hear the word, you're not necessarily reading it. Um, but as you, as I got older, it's just always been, I, I'd, I'd go through these different stories of the Bible and, and those stories would be interesting to me. And I, you know, think of Noah's Ark and it's <laughs> really the basic one. Right. Um, but as I get older and as I'm living more in that awareness of this, it, this word is, is crafted from our creator. It's, it's his, it's, it's really a part of him and uh, it shows his character and I get to know about God. That's so interesting to me. And it just, it's, I don't think, I hope it'll never get old. I don't think it will. Um, I mean, this, you know, I have to tell you, this is one of the things I love about being a teacher. Of, of God's word. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, we all had lots of teachers growing up and some of them were um, our favorite teachers and others not so much. But for our favorite teachers, uh, if you think about the qualities of your favorite teachers, mm-hmm. um, one of them surely would have to be that they just are able to explain things in a way yeah. that makes sense, that you can understand it and you you can apply it in in a practical way and and they make it fun to learn yeah. and they make it interesting they're not boring you know how many times as kids are you like oh they're so boring you know and i think man if you're if if you if you are teaching the bible and people go away saying that's so boring then you're probably not a teacher not a gifted teacher of the word of God. Right. Like you, you have to be able to, and I'm not suggesting I'm the greatest teacher at all. I'm just, I just know that, um, you know, I, I know how I learn and I appreciate people that, um, are interesting to listen to and totally. relatable and just explain things in simple ways. And so I know for me, um, not just as a Bible teacher, but, um, listening to other teachers of God's word, those are things to this day. Yeah. I appreciate when mm-hmm. things are explained in a way that that you know help help it make sense, you know, in my mind and 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 click. So, um one of the things that <clears throat> I appreciated about this particular chapter in the book is that there were there were three things that we sort of looked at. Uh one was just the value of God's word. We want to discover the value of God's word mm-hmm. and and so um I want to talk about that a little bit with you. Also, the benefits of God's word and the promises of God's word. And what was so enjoyable in the class, and it was just like this little beehive of activity because around tables, everybody was looking up these different scriptures and, and, and talking about these three things. But, you know, each one of these things, um, I'm sure the three of us could, you know, spend hours talking about any, any one of them. But let's start with just the value of God's word. Uh, one of the, the things that I... Uh, Saul, for example, and I'll just kind of get the ball rolling, is in Psalm 12, it talks about how the word of God is pure. And when I think about the purity of God's word, why is that valuable? And if you think about even just things like gold and silver and precious Mm. metals, um, they go through a refining process. And the more pure the gold, the more valuable. You know, there's, there's there's nothing corrupting it. And... And so if you know how metalsmiths 
work. They refine, you know, the metal to this molten state. It's liquefied. And what happens is the dross, all of the impurities in You're that, scooped away. you know, it, they just sort of rise to the surface and they skim that away. Yeah. And I'm told that the way that a goldsmith or a, a, a silversmith, you know, sort of determines that it's, it's, it's purified is they can see their reflection. Mm-hmm. I've always loved that picture. Wow. They can see their reflection. It becomes like a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what a precious, what a cool picture that is that God's word can have that refining process in our lives too, that the, the work is complete. God's word has done its work. When, when Jesus, we see the reflection of Jesus in know, our awesome. lives, in our lives. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I, for me, that's, that's something that is, is worth thinking about and talking totally. about. Uh, the value of God's word, but I'm curious for you guys: what, when you read the word, what, why is it valuable to you? Did you want to say? Well, I think that, uh, I feel like this is a loaded question because there's so much, <laughs> right? right. Um, one of the takeaways that I get whenever I read the word, whenever I'm sitting down and I'm dedicating my time to the Lord and just just reading, you know, not not for. Uh, a Bible study or not for, you know, teaching or, or whatnot. Yeah. It's, I'm just sitting down and I'm just, I'm just wanting to read. And what I take away most from that is always this aspect of no matter what I'm reading, even if I'm reading through numbers, I can, I can pull something away that is happening in my life at that, at that season. Isn't that the truth? And God just works in that way. And what I love about the word and what makes it valuable to me in a, in a in a way is it's it's never like it says it's the living word it's never dull it's never um you read a you know i could read the lord of the rings a hundred times and i could enjoy it every time but at some point it, it gets old you know it's the same story you can only re- reread and, and watch movies so many times before exactly you're like, mm. and that i i would say it's i would put that into the purity conversation because because the word is pure, it's going to last over time. You know, we think right. you talked about gold. That gold stays gold. It doesn't, there's, it's not like it is deteriorating. It it's a fine, you know, it's, it's, it, it lasts the, the test of time. Mm-hmm. And so I find that when I'm reading the word, it's always speaking to me. And so I always relate that to, man, this is lasting. It's time. timeless. It's yeah. relevant. Totally. And, and it's easy to see, um, and I think that's why I'm so thankful, too, for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, yes. because yeah. it's the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher, and he connects the dots for us between right. the truth yep. and everyday life. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's maybe in the next section we talk about the benefits of God's word. But just staying on this idea of the value of God's word, how about for you, Pat? Why, why is it so precious? Why is it so valuable? It's valuable to me because... I grew up in the Mormon faith. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, but I did. <laughs> anyway, um, and there were, it was hard to differentiate between what people were saying you should do and what the Word of God was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus the Word of God, the Bible that they were using itself was uh, difficult. And then there were additional books that needed to be read. So it wasn't pure. It's being corrupted uh, by the influence of correct. man and It had things and, added yeah. to, yeah. yeah. And so when I uh, 
when I was reading about Jesus, I just remember over the years learning who he was and then becoming his daughter, realizing that, like you said, it's it's the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's one of the things that it was saying is that we learned on Sunday is that God's word is the truth. And we need the truth in this world today. Mm-hmm. There are so many... Amen false news and deceptions and lies and manipulations in and around us every single day influencing us. And if we truly believe that the word of God is the word of God, then why wouldn't we want to follow it? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we want to obey it? Why wouldn't we crave more of it? That's what it does in my life is I finally come to a place in my spiritual walk with the Lord that I'm behaving as if I believe, because I do, that this word is true and he does what he says he's going to do. Okay, so you're you're touching on something I think is very important uh, because I have found that, that if, if I don't actually exercise, if all I ever do is hmm. feed myself, I just, I actually, that initial energy that, that nutrition gives me, what happens? It just becomes, fa- I just become lazy and lethargic, <laughs> and, you know, and it actually ends up, you know, I, I don't gain the benefit of it that. It wanes. So, yeah. so uh, where I'm going with this is I think it's important to recognize that God doesn't want us, the value of God's word isn't simply, okay, now I, I have a lot of knowledge of the truth. Because knowledge can, the Bible says, knowledge puffs up. Like you can become proud of everything you know. But if, if you're not actually obeying the word of God, then it, it doesn't, you don't gain the benefit from that. So what you're sort of alluding to, Pat, I think is really important that it's not enough just to be hungry for the word of God and partake of the word of God. We've got to actually obey the word of God. Correct. If we're going to really, um, and here's the thing, when I go work out after I've fueled up, guess what? I'm hungry again, yeah. right? I, <laughs> you gotta I want more food. <laughs> And that's the way it should be in the spiritual life. Totally. You know, if people don't have a spiritual appetite, what I think one of the main reasons for that is they're not actually exercising so they become hungry again. Yeah. Which is really important if you're going to be a disciple. Yeah. Because what we learn, the Lord tells us that he desires for us to share with others. So it's very important that we're applying God's word. We cannot just have the appearance of godliness and then not allow the power of God to work in our lives. Yeah. We have to by obedience follow his word. That's this where like the difference between like knowledge and wisdom. I always mm. think about that as like you know, I was I was always told like wisdom is you don't just know what what to do, you actually do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. And yes. I think there's yeah, that's it's it's important to not just there's no point in just gaining knowledge if you're not right. going to do anything It's so with it. true. And the Proverbs talk about that a lot. Proverbs 2 says that we are to search for wisdom like hidden treasure. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do this thing with my kids when they were uh, little. And uh, I smiled just thinking about it because it, it, it I have fond memories. It was fun. Uh, we'd play hide and seek. And we'd turn off the lights in the house sometimes even, you know. And, and uh, we'd get a little crazy with hide and seek. But um, <laughs> it was good times. And uh, because I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm a small, 
a wee little man like Zacchaeus. <laughs> I would I would hide. I'm good at hide and seek because I can get into places where, where you know, uh, most people can't get. And um, and so I would hide in a way that they really could not find me. And but I wanted them to find me. Yeah. And so what I would do is I was hide, and they'd all be going, "Okay, let's go find Daddy," you know, and they'd be running around and giggling and laughing and stuff. But then after a while, they'd start to get discouraged. And I could hear that it was a little less exciting, a little less giggling, a little more kind of, Dad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they'd get, they'd start you? to get discouraged. And I realized, okay, they're not, they're not having as much fun. So um, what did I do? Well, I didn't come running out like, I'm the winner. You know, you all lose. No, it, was, it wasn't like that. I wanted them to win. And so what I would do is, is I would make little sounds. So like a birdie sound. So I'd go... I'd do little things like that. Yeah. Of course, that's fun for kids. And then all of a sudden, they'd get quiet, and hope would spring alive, you know? And they would be like, <laughs> do it again, Daddy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I would, I, would, I would leave them clues, because I really wanted them to find me. And, and they would, of course. We found out. They'd dogpile on me, you know? And they'd celebrate <laughs> that, that they won, and, you know? And I just think that... Um, and, and, what, and so that was one game we'd do. Another thing we would do is a treasure hunt. But I would always, again, I'd leave clues mm. because I wanted them to find the treasure. I wanted them to, to discover the, the joy of discovery. And I really believe, you guys, that um, that's the way God is with us. We're his kids. He's our heavenly father. He really delights in the relationship. He, he doesn't need to win. The win for him is that we come to see how much he loves us and we just want to be with yeah. him and he leaves us clues. And, and so I think he gives us that desire, but we need to search like it's hidden treasure. We need to believe there's something good yeah. here. Yep. And I find that when, when people don't get much out of the Bible, I, I often, I just encourage them. Are you searching for it? Like it's hidden treasure. <laughs> <laughs> well said. You know, because that's when you discover. Yeah, you got to persevere. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I don't know. Does this does this resonate with you guys? Like, have you had totally. this similar experience? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, the scripture says that we need to ask and seek and knock. Yeah, yeah. I, I oh man, I think about this is kind of unrelated, but it is related. Uh, Matthew six thirty three, where it says, "Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, yeah. and all of these things will be yeah, added to you. to you." Talking about the necessities, but it's so true. It's like when I'm when I am discouraged, it's so easy for me to feel sorry for myself. Mm. But I go back to the Word, and I think I got to seek Him first. And when, like Jesus, literally said to seek, like seek. It's not just a I'm just going to sit here and wait for you to tell me. Mm -hmm. It's a, I have to go searching for you. So it's, and, and every time you do is he's, his provisions are there. Mm -hmm. like, and it's it totally huge. flies in the face of let go and let God. Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. We don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, some yeah. people do, but that's. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm looking here and reminding myself of um, the next thing that I think is really, is really good. And it is discovering the benefit of God's word. And boy, there's a lot of. There's a lot of scripture here as well that I know we, we looked up in the class. Um, but, but you want to find, you will find that God's word actually 
uh, proves true in our own lives. And the more that we actually start to um, put it into practice, we discover, oh, this is more than just knowledge. And God surprises us, I think, um, many times. The more that we actually take him at his word and, and put our weight on it, really, you know, it doesn't let us down. It doesn't collapse yeah. under our weight. And we can actually trust it. It's, it's trustworthy. Yes. And that, I would say, is one of the one of the benefits of God's word. But can you guys talk about that a little bit? How, what have you discovered in your own walk with Jesus um, in terms of the benefit of his word? Yeah. Well, that, you said trustworthy. Like, how do we build trust? And, you know, over time, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a built thing. And the word is exactly like that. I, I find that um, as, as you do trust and put your faith in the word and what it says, and you go out and you, you take it for what it is and you do it, it builds your faith. And just like I think about like God putting, you know, different challenges in our lives, it's to build our faith. And, and it is taking the full armor of, of God is real. I didn't, I didn't really, I'd always read that and I'd, you know, I'd go through, you know, the belt and I think Bible man, I'm a huge Bible man fan. <laughs> um, if you haven't watched that show, watch that show. It's great. Um, but I never, I never really put it into practice. Mm. And it wasn't until I started to put my, really try to equip myself in the armor of God and mm. live in the awareness of that. And then it was like, oh, wow, good. This is actually true. God's actually providing in this in this way. I'm I'm being protected from these things, and I was noticing in different areas where there was temptation and all these different things. I was, it was like it was actually working, and it mm-hmm. was exciting. And I think that's where the benefit is. Is it's not. I, I'm hesitant to even call it a benefit. It's just a reality. When you live in truth and in the reality, there's certain things that just happen, and that's what. God is trying to tell us in his word is like, you have to live this way because this is real. This is true. I love that. I love what you just said. There's a great book by Greg Kokel. He has a ministry uh, called Stand to Reason, str.org. And if, you, if you've not heard of that before, um, I encourage you to go there. It's a great resource. And we've had Greg speak at the church here, but he wrote a book uh, called The Story of Reality. And you just reminded me of that when you said it's 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 more than just a benefit. It's reality. Yeah. That's such a truth right there in and of itself. And he captures that. That's kind of the thesis of his book as he walks through and 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 basically talks about he ties all the main themes and ideas of the Bible together so that you can kind of get the big picture and understand um, the whole story. But he says it it just explains God's explaining reality because he's. He's the author. He's the yeah. creator of it. He so created cool. this world, and 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 uh, and he created us. He knows how we think, and and he has a life purpose and an ultimate destiny for us. How do we know that? Because of the word. So if we're going to be followers of Jesus and help other people be followers of Jesus, we need to understand that he's he's given us the whole story. Yeah, and we 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 should know it better than we know any other story. And the cool thing is. Unlike every other, most other stories that we read, they're make believe, you know, and and we know that, and it's yeah. enjoyable. A movie, a book that's make believe, it's an enjoyable story. But this, what makes this story so powerful is it's 
It's the story of reality. It's true. It's true. It's not a fairy tale. For me, going back to how I was raised um, with lots of rules and regulations, um, that's what I was living up to. Whereas getting into God's word, um, the benefit of being obedient to the Lord is um, the blessings that come and the blessings are not... um, it's not contingent of believing in him. Mm-hmm. They come because we believe in him. So it's not anything that we've done, but it significantly changes who we are. Like we were talking about being pure and true and following the Lord. It has a transforming effect in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so I know the difference between right and wrong because of God's word. I am a transformed woman because of the work of Jesus Christ in my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I know him because of his word. He, he shares himself with me. I know him because of, I know, I have no wisdom now. I have knowledge of who he is and what he wants and what his desire for my life is. Yeah. Um, discernment, all of those things are blessings that I wouldn't have ever been able to, um, develop in and of myself they all come from having a relationship with him yeah it's so true and what i love about it as well is that the bible doesn't just teach principles and truths it there's real people i love character studies i love looking at real people like like on sunday we were learning about mary yes and how she broke that you know a bottle of perfume over Jesus' uh, feet, anointed his feet. And, and we talked about just the power of that story to see her devotion to the Lord, her trust in the Lord. and and um, But it was his love first that even drew her, her to that, to, him. To, to be able to do that and make that kind of surrender, that kind of commitment. But I love the stories of, of real people in real time, in real places, and their lives... Um, are they're just living testimonies that this life of faith can actually be lived, mm. you know, in in a real world, yep. and so that's that's a powerful thing. Um, I want to <clears throat> I want to talk next a little bit about the next um, thing in our lesson, which was just discovering so not just the value and the benefit of God's word. Um, oh, you know what? Before I shift gears, I had one more thing I want to say about the benefit of God's word, and okay. you can weigh in on this too. Okay. Second Timothy, it talks about, um, this is another picture. And the reason I want to take time and back up a little bit here is because, um, I, I do see a lot of, um, sort of, uh, metaphors in scripture and, um, and some of them are explicitly stated, but some of them are just sort of implied. Mm. And this is one that for me, I, it just sort of is the way I understand this verse. But 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us that the word of God is is profitable for certain things. And it lists four things. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction and for training in righteousness, or for correction and for training in righteousness, Mm -hmm. or instruction in righteousness. And so, so doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, or training. And... So when I think of the benefit of God's word, that verse sums it up in a nutshell for me. It's totally. so comprehensive yeah. because doctrine is teaching and the benefit of God's word is that it teaches a thing. And we have a lot to learn for our whole lives. We have a lot to learn. Well, God's the one who initiates that learning process right. through the gospel message of Christ's death and resurrection for our sin mm-hmm. and 
So doctrine to me is like getting on track with God. Okay. But here's the reality. Our, our, because of our sinful nature, we're, we're sort of bent away from God naturally. Yeah. And we're inclined to go off the rails, as we mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. Uh, in so many ways. Well, the word of God doesn't just teach us how to get on the rails and on track. It, it's also profitable for telling us when we're off track. Yep. And that's what, that's what reproof is. God says that's wrong. And we live in a world where everything is relative and to each his own. And, and what's your it's truth? It's your truth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I, I. That's reality for I you. Get a little sick every time I hear yeah, that, you know, yeah. because God is the one who is true and yep. who declares what truth is. And so, anyway, reproof tells us when we're veering off the track, correction tells us how to get back on track. Yep. You know, when I was raising my kids, I didn't just say, that's wrong. I would say, here's what's right. Do that. Yeah. Here's how to do what's right. And, and we need the same thing yes. as the Lord is working with us. He, he doesn't just correct or reprove. He corrects us. He helps us get back on track. And then the last thing, how to stay on track. How do you stay on track with the Lord? The Word of God tells you. That's training in righteousness, instruction in righteousness. Yeah. It's our guide, as we talk about in this chapter. Mm-hmm. It's our guide for life. Yeah. So I love, that's to me, one of the most helpful verses in the Bible for, for helping me to see the benefit of God's word. It helps me get on track, tells me when I'm off track, how to get back on track, and how to stay on track. Yeah, that's huge. So... I don't know if you guys want to add to that, but that's... Well, no, and just the end of that is just talking about that it's for our equipping for the good works that he's prepared for oh, us. Oh, very good. That's a, I forgot about that. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people are, are aimless in life. They're not sure why they're here or what the point is. The Word of God can fix that for you. Yeah, <laughs> very it, quickly. It gives Make you, it very clear. It gives you a life purpose and an ultimate destiny and, and why it all matters. Yep. It answers the burning questions of our yeah. soul. Uh, that 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 the world just can't satisfy, yeah. and and we do have good works to walk in, yes. you know. And um, boy, that makes all the difference. And it, it it helps it helps us to tell that to other people. It helps us like when we know the word and we're reading the word, like what you just mentioned. Um, it I sometimes I find it weird that you know I'll, I'll ask you know some of my friends uh, who maybe are, are part of different religion. And, and I, I say, well, do you read, like, what's your, like, what do you read? And they're like, well, you know, this is the specific book or, you know, the book of Mormon or, um, the Torah, which, you know, is, is really our first five books of the Bible. But, and I say like, oh, like, but do you like read them? Like, what is it like to actually read them? And the, the thing that they always say is like, well, not really, but you know, they, it says this and it's confusing to me because, for us, it's it, we have this wonderful thing that does, you know, is good for teaching and reproof and correction. And it's like we want to read that, and it's exciting when we do, and it gives us these these wonderful reality chunks of reality. That's I, mm. I guess that's a way to put it. But I just don't understand. Like we need to be better at telling people all these things so that they want to read these things. Like mm-hmm. what you were saying in the very beginning with good teachers should, should help everyone kind of feel this 
pull to say, man, I'm interested in that. I want to read that. Yeah. It's just weird to me that that doesn't, I, I, I just, yeah, it's weird. I don't know. You know, another illustration I was sharing with the table that I was with on Sunday is um, Hebrew midwives, when, when, when they would deliver a baby, they would dip their finger in date honey and put it on the palate of the baby to stimulate that sucking reflex. Mm. And I think we need to think like that as Christians, that in this is why I think it's so important to sit down with another person and go through something like this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you're, you're stimulating that, that appetite, that hunger, yeah. because they're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. They get little tastes. When, when you learn a truth in Scripture and then you start to believe that and apply that in your life and yeah. then you see God bless in different ways and answer prayer and help you grow and, and uh, resist temptation and do the right thing and you just start to see God work and fulfilling His Word and it's like a little baby going, they just tasted something sweet for the first time and of course they want more. Yeah. And I find that with God's word, I just want more because it's so good. And I see the benefit of that in my life. Okay. I'm going to switch topics now because I get going. I'm sorry. I don't want to want to do all the talking. I could keep going too. So um, now here's the, um, what about the promises of God's word? Mm. Pat, I know you have just a few promises of God's word that are dear to you. I'm sure. I'm sure of this. Oh, the, um, the one that I think is my life scripture is um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Mm. And, th- and then it goes on even further with more instruction and promise. But I just love that because I, before I came to know the Lord, I was dependent upon me. Mm. Mm. I was the queen of my own world. And in order to, um, the promise of the world, the word is, he doesn't make himself hard to find. He loves us. He's, not, he's never going to leave us or forsake us. He will um, complete the work that he's begun in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, before I was born, he knew every day and plan in my life. So you've just rattled off four like, or five literally, different yeah. verses. And literally promises. In oh, and I could keep going. I know, because yeah. they're part of you. Exactly. What is it that, why, why are they so internalized? Why are they so part of you? Because there is no other love greater than his. Mm-hmm. And I have not... Another promise. <laughs> Another promise. <Yeah. laughs> there you go. And I have not um, encountered that kind of love nor will I, I, I in any human being. Mm-hmm. We get close to loving one another, but we, there's no comparison to the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None. And that's why these things, um, you know, I know he was talking to Israel, but um, I put my place in, I'm the apple of his eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, his, You're daddy's girl, aren't you? I am, totally. <laughs> I love the scriptures that talks about his right hand. His right hand is on me or behind me, mm-hmm. or he's holding my right hand. There's lots of scriptures that talk about his right hand. Yeah. They're just so his enduring. Strong arm. Yes, yeah. his strong arm. And I picture myself sometimes just sitting in his lap and laying my head on his chest and allowing him to love me and being loved by him and mm-hmm. loving him. I cannot wait to see and meet him face to face one day. You know, you what you're saying is making me think about how many times I've talked to people over the years and they've said, you know, part of the 
thing I struggle with is really under seeing God as a heavenly father because I had such a terrible earthly father or my father just wasn't there at all. And, you know, I never knew them or whatever. But I think to myself, I understand that. But what you have to realize is God's, God's the perfect father. Mm -hmm. And it's, he didn't communicate that through his word so that you would reflect about your earthly father and how they fall short. Right. He's there yeah. to say, whether your father was terrific or horrible, mm. here's the standard. I'm the standard. You can trust me. Yeah. And praise God for every faithful dad out there that's loved their children well. I don't want to diminish the importance of that role. But whether or not you, you know, fail... And, and we all do to one degree or another, um, he does not. He never fails. He does not. And, and what you're saying is for, the, for all of those out there who, who, who have been looking for a faithful father, that's who God is. And it's his word that puts that on, on display in such a beautiful way. And yeah. you can actually experience that love, that security, that strength, that Personally, acceptance, that... And intimately, here and now. Yes. Yeah. And eternally. And but, eternally, but... but, yeah. but I love that. We need it that's here so and now. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really sweet, Pat. I, I, I mean, it's easy, it's easy for me to forget those things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, it's so... It, it, he is intimate with us. And, you know, who could... You, all of his promises, I, I just think about where he says, like, I am. And like, there's no questioning. There's no wondering right. for me about no debate. Yeah, what like what is the the next thing? Like, who it? He is. He's the creator of the universe. And like, I keep bringing that up, but it's so fascinating to me that we're right now we're sitting on this podcast, you know, talking to one another, you know, and this is we're in his his we are his creation, and there's something so powerful about how little we are in that. And that's like his promises to say that he loves us. He's choosing, like we're insignificant in the, in, in the universe, but he makes, it, he makes us significant because he loves us. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. I mean, yes. I, don't, I, I, I could paint a thousand pictures and, and take photos and make videos and, and, you know, sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I like that one, but there's, it's, it's, I'm never fully invested into this, this thing. And I don't have a child yet, so I don't know what being a parent is like, but I know what being a, a, a kid is like. I know what being a son is like to my parents. And just to know that it's amplified perfectly right. in, mm -hmm. in God, like that's, it, it kind of makes you want to cry. It, it kind of makes Truly. you want to cry. You know, yeah. if, if I could say one more thing For about sure. the love of God is that um, I didn't get it right away that God is love. Um, but everything he does is out of his love. Mm. And if we are uh, um, a mirror of him, imitating him, being transformed into his image, then love should be the motivation. The love of God should be the motivation for everything, everything. we do. Yeah, everything. And if that's true, then why are we still getting in arguments? 
Yeah. It's it this that that is the the answer I think I was thinking about like what's the answer to our sinful nature? What what's the answer to you know we you know we always talk about oh we have this home, homeless population issue and and you know politics and all these things. What's the answer? You know, I think about the easy thing to think about. And I don't want to make this kind of dark, but the easy thing to think about is well, what's the cause behind that? Mm-hmm. And it's that sinful nature. It's the enemy. Right. And and there is an enemy, and there is sin in this world. And what's the and answer to that? It's it's Christ and His love for us. Like right. that, He is the answer. And Christ in us. Yeah. And and like we love because He first loved us. And that is that's the motivation. And when I get when I go through my ebbs and flows, and I think, man, I'm I'm just not I'm not being righteous right now. <laughs> I have to remember, it's like, why do I want to be? Mm-hmm. He loves me. Mm-hmm. He loves me. And that's, that's the, the, the right motivation. I don't know. That's good that yeah. you said that. Yeah. Okay, so here's what I do next. Um, there's a, a question that came in um, that I want to address. And um, there was a couple of other questions uh, that were written down. And I am ashamed to say we misplaced. There was a couple that were written on slips of paper. So we'll address those in class on Sunday if people want to resubmit those or just ask again. Uh, but there, but we got one uh, through here. And um, basically, uh, the question is written from someone who is in a later season of life, but they started out really on fire for the Lord and really hungry for the word of God. And, and they, they just took off and they grew in the Lord as they read the Bible. But as life has gone on, they have just sort of their appetite for the word has diminished. And, and in, in some respects they've become more cynical and more angry and they just, they don't, they know that's not a good thing and they don't want that, but they're just wondering how do I get my appetite, you know, for Christ and for his word back? And so I want to give you a number of answers uh, to this that I think might be helpful. They're practical things. And I don't know if any single one of these is, is the answer, but they're just um, different aspects to that. One is, is, you know, to feed the appetite that you do have. I mean, for example, even just coming to the class, I think is a step in the right totally. direction. Yep. I think um, I think you just, if you are born again, again, the spiritual reality is you will have an appetite mm-hmm. to some degree. Um, and it ebbs and flows, like you said. It can wane a little bit for different reasons. Um, life in a fallen world is hard, you know, and we, we are still capable of being distracted, deceived, and discouraged. Mm-hmm. Well, we have our old habits that haven't and been changed yet. Exactly. And so... We have other appetites, yeah, you know, and and that are competing, but feed the appetite that you do have. And um, I think of, um, you know, there's some things that I crave, and other things I don't, mm. but I still eat them because it's good for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes that's just where you start. You just, you know, you you feed on the word of God because it's good for you. And, and it's, it's important to put nutrition in your body. I remember when I was uh, going through cancer many years ago and, you know, there are times when you don't have an appetite or you feel nauseous, Mm. but the doctors say you need to eat, you need that nutrition. And so you just, 
you just eat and drink and and put nutrition in your body. And I think sometimes just simply the fact that you come to church on a regular basis or you listen to that podcast of your favorite teacher or even just the Bible on podcast, you know, you, you can get apps that just simply is someone reading the scripture. Right. So even if you are someone who's illiterate, you can't read. And I've have I've had people come up to me over the years and say, you know, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I just I'm not a reader. I don't read. Okay. Then listen. Yeah. Listen to the Bible being read. So feed the appetite you do have. I would say too, another part of the answer is is um just like junk food sort of decreases your appetite for yeah. nutritious food, I think you need to starve competing appetites. Yeah. There's times when um you know, we, we just, we're, we're feeding other appetites that are sort of overwhelming a healthy appetite. And, um, and it may not even be horrible things, but it's just other things that distract us. And, and I, I find that it's especially true today, uh, because we all have phones, you know, smartphones, and they're always chiming and getting our attention. And we're, swiping and reading stuff and before you know it 20 or 30 minutes has gone by and there's so much garbage out there that just some of it's overtly you know terrible other things are not necessarily terrible they're just distracting it's just distracting and so competing appetites um things like social media i mean it just you only have so much bandwidth right you only have so much time and your soul needs soul food and the word of God is, is that soul food. I think another thing, a third thing, is just you've got to examine your own heart and be really honest before God. Because if, if you literally have no hunger for God's word ever, something is wrong. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to take spiritual inventory and, and, you know, and examine your heart to see if you're of the faith. And by the way, I'm not suggesting to the person who wrote this question, please do not read more into this than I intend. I'm not saying you're not a Christian if you're not reading the Bible every day. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that's something that truly is between you and God, and you need to examine your heart. And there may be things that you've allowed to enter your heart. You know, bitterness, the Bible says, a root of bitterness can spring up and defile many. Mm. There's things that uh, we can allow to enter our heart th- that are sinful, that just quench the Holy Spirit. Um, and so we have to examine our heart. There may be some things we need to just confess and repent and and to make room for God's word because he doesn't want us just going through these motions, you know, nope. when our heart is really somewhere else. And so... Um, you know, John, there's a Go scripture ahead. that we um, was in our homework last week. Yeah, that it just goes right along with what you're saying. Do you mind if it. I read it? Yeah, okay. go for it. So it's talking about um, pray for resolve to obey God's word, and the scripture is Psalm 119:59 through 60, and it says, "I thought about my ways." And I turned my feet to your testimonies. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. Mm. So it's an intentional examining of what we are doing and then asking the Lord to help us turn our feet 
toward him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that a lot of times, and I'm, I talked about this, I think, last week too. All of us at one time or another, well, many times throughout life, we feel disappointment with God. Totally. Well, he knows that. It's not like you have to be, you know, it's okay to say I'm disappointed, you know, with, with life or with God. But I think sometimes those disappointments with God um, can quench the spirit and can kind of kill our appetite, you know. And, and I think it's, it's good to, to just acknowledge that. But that's one of those things you can confess before the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm, I'm disappointed, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm hurt. And, and I know I'm, I'm sinful too. I mean, there's just probably stuff that, um, you know, I've been sinned against and I feel the weight of that in my soul. But there's thing there's things too that I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for someone else's sin, but I am responsible for um, how I respond. Yeah. Right. I'm not responsible for all of the wickedness and ugliness that vexes my spirit that's going on in this world. Right. But I am responsible with how I respond to that. Mm. I don't have to become an angry, bitter, cynical person just because I look around and I see a lot of evil in this world. I don't have to do that. I can choose to keep my eyes on Jesus and on the promises of his word. Yeah. I can choose. And where it hits so close to home is a lot of times the, the things that we come bitter and cynical about is have to do with other people that we really truly love. And maybe they've hurt us or maybe they're living in a way that hurts us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's entirely appropriate to be sad about those things. Certainly we need to make efforts to love and reach out and to pray for people and so forth. But we've got to understand that other people's choices to reject God or to reject us, it, it should not shipwreck our faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we all are going to stand or fall before the Lord one day yeah. on our own. And we can't, we, we can't excuse our own rebellion against God because of other people's rebellion against right. God. We just, we have to realize that, that all of us are accountable to the Lord. And so we've got to examine our own heart and there may be things that we need to repent of. Sometimes I have to repent of just a straight up bad attitude. I, have you seen this in yourself? I have a bad attitude about other people's bad attitude. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. yeah. You know Been what I mean? Done and, that. and it's like, you just got to go, wait a minute. That's something I got to repent of. Yeah. I can't say, you make me feel so angry. They, people don't make me anything. God made me. <laughs> yeah. And to, we have a choice. To, yeah. to trust him, to delight in him, to enjoy him forever. And and I just I just think it's really important that we understand that. A couple more, just real quick, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, just practice of spiritual discipline. Sometimes I have a hunger, sometimes I don't. And I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. And sometimes I just practice spiritual discipline. Mm. And then over time, I end up experiencing the spiritual benefit of that. Yep. But I don't always see it right away. It just takes time. Fruit takes time. It Fruit takes time, exactly. Yeah. And so does discipline. You have to persevere in order to change from one habit to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if we understand that in so many other ways in everyday life, why would we think it would be any different in our spiritual life? Right. You know, it, it, there's no getting around spiritual discipline. Um, okay. Applying the truth. Um, if we make a habit of hearing but not doing, then it, it's, 
it becomes sort of this, I don't know, uh, another way of saying it, we become a bit inoculated. Hmm. It's like when you get, when you take a, um, you know, uh, any kind of um, vaccine or something, they're giving you a little bit of the real thing so you don't get the real thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of people that get spiritually inoculated. They've heard just enough of, of, of the Bible to not get it. It's like, because it's because they don't actually, they don't actually apply it. And, um, and God wants us to apply his word. And if we don't, then we'll never see the benefits of it. We'll never see him fulfill his promises. And so of course, then we're going to become discouraged. Yeah. You know, he, he, he says, you've got to actually do this. You've got to live this. You've got to trust and obey. And if you don't, then you're not going to see the, the benefits and the blessings yeah. that come along with that. And so after a while, you're going to get discouraged and say, well, that does, it just doesn't work. I didn't, you know. I tried it. I tried, yeah. And yeah. The, nowhere does the Bible say, give it a try. You know, kick the tires on this thing. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. You've got to actually live this as a way of life. And that's where over time you start to see the benefit. You look like you wanted to say something. Arthur. Well, it's, just, it, I just think of like this, this sounds like a really harsh word, but it's foolish Yeah. to, to not like to just be inoculated by it. It's just foolish because you're not, how can you, how can you get the, you know, we talked about benefits. How can you get the benefits if you're not doing it? Even if it's hard, even if it's, if it doesn't make sense in the moment, but you believe it and you believe the Lord, do it and you will see it. It takes time. I just think it, it just is, I've been so foolish in my life about so many different things because I've just, I've heard it, but I've just, you're half hearted. I'll, I'll do it later or, yeah. or I, I, you know, I'm kind of doing it, but I'm not doing it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's foolish. It, it is. And, and we, I don't want to be foolish. I, I, I would like wisdom. I want to be wise. And, right. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, it's so true. The last thing I'll say is just make make simple adjustments. You know, I think sometimes we put a bunch of a burden on ourselves that even God's not putting on us. You know, they're just simple things. True. You know, yeah. and and it may be that you know you just you you've got to just get on a in a routine of reading a little bit each day, and over time you discover okay I can do this, and you go a little bit more. Um, you know, I sometimes it means other life adjustments. Like I got to go to bed earlier, otherwise I'm not going to want to get up that extra half hour early to read the Bible and pray or whatever. You know, these are these are little things, but in the moment we let them pass by, and we we put it off. And I think sometimes we just have to make those little adjustments in life that make room for other things that really matter totally. that will will be a benefit. So. There you go. That's um, that's what we got. It's just a little, a simple conversation that centers around Christ and His Word. I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks, Arthur. Yeah, thanks for having us. For sharing, you shared some great little insights there, and um, and we'll keep doing this each week. We hope it's a blessing, and uh, we're praying for you guys, and and we trust that um, uh, we're going to grow together in uh, God's Word. So God bless you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>